0: Casting from an underground studio in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh,
1: no. Try to imagine
2: all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light.
1: Total photonic reversal. Photonic reversal.
0: With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Coming to you from the heart of your historically hipster mission.
1: A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power.
0: I'm I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm a southern belle.
1: <laughs> Confidence of a hero or a fool? I wasn't exactly certain which. If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing screen with and Nail. I'm known for many things and strong invectives are one of them. Conan, you have a lot going on right now. It means something. Well, we all deserve to be recognized.
2: See anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into? 150 people with a massive crowd, you know.
0: We'll sing you a song. You may be led astray.
1: Do you know that Meatloaf has a Christmas album? What an excellent professional segue that was.
0: Well, I'm very curious about math rocks.
1: You know, I kind of know the town man for Rob Zombie. I'm presenting you the illusion of choice.
0: We will impress you later.
1: Yeah, it's a very good question, and I like it because it's at the beginning, middle, and end. Could not be more professional. Yeah. Get you
0: pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. What's so I, I choose to do all my life. Too. that's okay. You know, that's my take what's yours. Protonic Reversal! That's like a science thing, right?
1: Indeed, indeed, indeed it is! Here we are at the one and only Protonic Reversal. Same station, wrong time. This is not none of the above. This is none other than Protonic Reversal, and we welcome you to it. Uh, We're doing a special this week. Uh, No live show last week and that cannot stand man will not stand you know this aggression will not stand man that cannot stand man we're doing a special in the none of the above slot right
0: this will not stand you know this aggression will not stand man
1: that this goes to my uh, dude you analog I mean? the man dude uh, Mr. Elliot Turton, Radio Nope who we love very much and we love his show Rock and Roll Radio the way it's supposed to be Radio Nope.
0: We're all rock and rollers
1: here. Uh, happy to be sitting in though. We're going to be talking to Mr. Joel Frost of Rock Rockstar. Fascinating project, fascinating thing. He he plays with a band and it's a, it's a band you know and he gets to get like a taste of the, you know, be, being a working musician, really. It's good stuff. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. An interesting fella. Can do that. Uh, Let's listen to a former guest of the show, uh, Nervous Curtains. Sean Kirkpatrick. Boy, I just I love this so much. This is a Van Halen cover. This is "Light of the Sky" by Nervous Curtains. nervous curtains light up the sky this is a song you might be familiar with it'll all make sense song called gay bar and that was by a band called electric six so that is relevant for a couple reasons not the least of which is it concerns <laughs> the guests that we were are about to have on uh, mr joel frost uh, who we will have very shortly thank you for sticking with us here on proton conversal of course we Always appreciate your patronage. That's not correct. Uh, always appreciate your listenership. Yes, your your listenership. It. Always appreciated. It. Uh, we love you here. Radio Nope. Protonic Reversal in the none of the above slot. Tonight we truly are none of the above. Could not be more professional. And we're happy to bring you the quality content that you've come to expect from here and Protonic Reversal. It's a good time, I tell you. It's a good time. It'd be a thousand mile walk through a a desert for an ice cream cone. (laughs) (laughs) So, right now I'd like you to meet a personage I know off of the internet. I suppose you can say that about a lot of things. A personage that I, Conan Neutron, (laughs) know from the internet. None other than uh, Mr. Joel Frost. Joel, welcome.
2: Conan, what's happening? Thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, We've... We've gone back and forth a, a bit, but I've been very interested in having you on from the very beginning about hearing about uh, playing Rockstar. This is a really interesting show. Uh, I, I imagine you probably have a pretty good elevator pitch down for it now, since it's been gestating for quite some time, right?
2: Uh, I'd like to think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, th- there's been uh, pretty much uh, there's been one that I that I kind of tend to uh, to throw out there.
1: And I mean, do by by all means, lay it on me, son. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the
2: premise of, of the show, uh, it's called Playing Rockstar, as you've said, and the idea is that for each episode, I join a band as kind of an extra sort of surrogate member and uh, for the purpose of, first of all, playing a song of theirs with them on the drums live at one of their shows. Um and then also, kind of just showing the band from the inside out, giving the viewer uh, a viewpoint um, that really has never happened before. Uh, you know, a consistent viewpoint uh, from e- the inside of a band, what it's like to be with them during, uh, while they're touring, while they're in the dressing room, while they're uh, during sound check. And, and, you know, and experiencing each band and each episode as its its own entity. Um, I uh, the, the the idea kind of one of the uh, inspirations for it was actually uh, one of Anthony Bourdain's um, reality shows. Uh, you know, sort of investigative reality shows. Uh, no Reservations, and I was watching that right, show right. a few years ago. A few years ago, and I thought someone should do this, but with bands instead of countries and music instead <laughs> of food.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so, if it was Mad Libs, those would be the things that you, that you would fill in for there. But no, I, I know what you're saying because yeah, it's interesting that food, for some reason, people and I think a lot of that has to do with Bourdain. But uh, there is a lot of content around there like that. But there really isn't a lot with music. Like the, the only thing I can think of that was like remotely close was that terrible uh, road rules. Was it road rule? What was that? It, it? There was some show on one of these uh, alleged music channels that had some uh, Fakakta bands playing that were, you know, just awful. And it really had nothing to do with the secret language of sort of being in a band, which is sort of what you're zeroing in on with this, which I really like about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the goal, you know. I mean, you know, you, of course, as a musician, know, you know, how every band has its own culture, its own sort of little you know, universe and depending who's in the band, depending, you know, what sort of, you know, what they do exactly, you know, whether they're a, I guess what you'd say is kind of a smaller band playing smaller gigs or, or, you know, a, a, a bigger band playing bigger venues and such. And just the, the inner workings of a rock band, everyone, you know, so many people, um, have so many ideas and 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 you know uh maybe some right ideas and also maybe some misconceptions about about what what it really is like to do it and um and you know it it, it actually you might know this one of the if not the most popular fantasy jobs for people that I you know I've seen this as a, as a thing on on, on lists that when people are asked what what would your fantasy job be? The number one often uh, uh, job is rock star. People people have this idea that it's the best job in the world, right? You know, to to be a working musician, and that is you know the difference between that perception and the reality is kind of the place that I want to I want this show to
1: inhabit. Right, and see that, and what's interesting is, and you bring up an interesting point is, is when they think of it, they're thinking of. Keith Richards, or they're thinking of, you know, Dave Grohl, or they're thinking of someone that's already at this incredibly high level of success, not, you know, what is your average working band or even touring band where, you know, as a, for instance, you know, the band Torch, I was, I was speaking to them at their show. And uh, they they were talking about how like they act for the first time like you know the border crossing when they went over to Canada they actually like oh yeah torch we know you guys and, and it was like their ninth time crossing into Canada and that's a working band but they're not like ah. Foo Fighters level or like Rolling Stones level along those lines so when, I think when people have these fantasies and these ideas of what it means to play music they're thinking of this this top end this sort of uh <laughs> the one percent if you will of, of right. rock and roll or or whatnot. And Flicker Stick, yeah. by the way, BRW in the in the chat, chat box, uh, reminding me that the the band Flicker Stick was one of the bands on that on that bands on the Run show that I was referencing earlier. Just if you need any arcane MTV references, this is your show.
2: I watched that show, and then I actually was inspired to go see Flicker Stick at Irving Plaza uh, a few months after that, how, <laughs> that uh, seeing them. How was that? It was it was not bad. I mean, that was they were a tight band, kind of fun. I mean, I don't know. I don't think you know they hold up super great, but necessarily. No, I mean, but. Uh, they
1: they they achieved the minimal the minimal level of of success in that the rest of the bands were either just terrible and or filled with terrible people that it made you uh, kind of maybe think you like them more than you had any right to like them because they just seem like, oh these guys are just likable enough dudes and they're not total yeah, well, degenerates.
2: The, what was the the, the other band Soul Cracker? Oh, and I didn't God. like them much. Oh, and then Har- Harlow yes. was the other one, right?
1: And then there was it's the one things. that was basically Dave Matthews Band, but it was like a different name. But it, they sounded just like uh-huh. Dave Matthews Band, but like a less talented version, if that's possible.
2: David Cross, uh, on his one of his comedy albums, has a great story that involves Harlow, getting really hammered with Harlow and then waking up the next morning to a wake-up call. And anyway, it's uh, it's a tangent. But, but, uh, it
1: it's quite a I tangent. Did. Yeah. But that's again, I'm the one that made the reference. I, br- I brought a soft track and we've only just begun. So uh, but yeah, uh, when <laughs> you're talking cool. about the, like the, you know, the dream job scenario and then people talk about, oh, yeah, you know, I totally would want to be a rock star. They're not thinking about, you know, playing Tuesday in Pittsburgh, you know, to 17 people. <laughs> Before uh, you know, free bacon night. You know that that's that's not what they're thinking of. They're thinking of like the stadiums, the adulation, the uh, influencing people's worlds, like that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and there are so many bands. You know, most bands. You know, uh, are you know that they play smaller shows and and you know working bands. You know, they're they're in a van going from town to town and in one city you might have 10 20 30 people there in another city you might have 400 uh, you know it, de- it depends on the day of the week it depends
1: on so many factors as again of Great. course no and um, <laughs> yeah you should come back on a friday <laughs> it's like yeah yeah if only every day could be friday dude that'd be that'd be awesome
2: <laughs> yeah and i have played you know to uh, your rooms full of uh, you know the bands uh Girlfriends and/or boyfriends, and no one else. Yep. And then I've had a, a few times the good fortune to play in front of uh, as many as three thousand people. um And it's you know the latter is better. I do have to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, just FYI, in case you're on the fence about that, it's better to play for large crowds. You heard here first, folks. <laughs>
2: Well, you hear that sometimes. I mean, I, you know, you hear that sometimes from really, really famous bands, like, you know, the, the Stones will go out and do small clubs or something. I'll say, oh, I love doing smaller shows because, you know, the intimacy and this and that. And, you know, th- that's true. There, there is. And I imagine for a band like that, it must be nice to go back to playing small venues. But... um I, you know, I mean, it, it, what what it really comes down to is the energy, is, is the, uh, you know, the people in the room, how much they're enjoying it. Even if it is only 10 or 20 people, if they're having an absolute blast, that can be a great, great show. Um, but it does seem like the more people in the room, you know, oftentimes uh, the energy does kind of uh, come up
1: a little bit. Uh, yeah, to to, sit, to put it lightly. And, and yeah, I, I see the appeal <laughs> to a certain degree of you know, your Rolling Stones level, like, oh, it'd be so great to, like, go play a show where nobody knows us, and it's like, ah, it's it's that great when if that's the exception, but not if that, like, <laughs> is the, the rule, necessarily. That's not necessarily as fun as you think it is. I know you think that's fun, because you don't have to just, that's a choice for you, but it's not a choice for most folks, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a nice novelty, exactly in in that position. But it's uh, exactly as you say; it's not. You don't
1: want to get used to that. Well, I'm reminded of the thing Paul McCartney used to. I believe it's Paul McCartney. Used to say in the Beatles, like, "Oh yeah, I want to just go do a go tour where you know we dress up in costumes and no one knows who they are." And it's like, well, first of all, dude, everyone's gonna know who you are. You're the freaking Beatles, man. <laughs> I don't care like what you like what you try to sound like. You're still the Beatles. We're gonna know who you yeah. are, man. <laughs>
2: They they used they they pretty much they kind of didn't I mean one of the reasons the Beatles stopped playing live or at least enjoying enjoyed playing live I I think I've heard is just they they couldn't they could barely hear themselves nobody could hear the music because the screaming with the screaming yeah and and you know I guess most places didn't quite have the amplification that you know I don't think you can drown out a band drown out a band successfully these days in a in a you know a major venue but back then it was a bit easier
1: no absolutely and this goes to show you know different times and like what it how it ended with them is that they stopped playing live cuz you know that wasn't mm-hmm. fun for them just to yeah have their instruments like drowned out so that's interesting that they that's not to get, a, get another tangent too much, but that is what this show is, pretty much. So, uh, But th- w- that's how the Beatles ended up making so much amazing recorded material, because they did go so deep into the other side of things, because they didn't, you know, <clears throat> they didn't see that as a viable option. But yeah, it's a different world now. Uh, to, to put it lightly and put it bluntly, it's a different world. Well, you know, uh, exa- and on that note, the,
2: the, uh, that's uh, actually, uh, I'll just blow the segue here and say that that's a good line for a segue, but, um, you know, my dad's a drummer. And he, he primarily a jazz drummer. Uh, he did play some rock uh, here and there, um, but he, uh, he he put himself through college as a working union drummer. Right. And back back in the day, there was a union hall for musicians, and you would go to the union hall, and and you know there would be postings for you know looking for a drummer for this gig, a saxophonist for this gig, a bassist for this gig, a trio for this gig, that sort of thing, and so you know he he did tons of going from band to band from from venue to venue and that sort of that was a culture of musicians and venues you know a lot of people i think just don't realize is, that venues had live bands all the time you know obviously especially in the jazz age but even up into rock and roll for a while um, and it has a lot to do exactly with that you know like we're saying about amplification because most venues uh, you know, they didn't have the kind of audio set up for, you know, to play records or tapes or, or, or whatever, the, the hi-fi and that kind of thing. So having a band, it was part of the culture and it was important. And so you'd walk down the street and there'd be a band in every club, in every bar, in every venue. And there were lots more musicians. And that's why there could be uh, a working union.
1: Yeah, and that's something that's you know speaking yeah again speaking of a different time that is true that you just don't see that anymore not in the same way because you know, things have changed so much that it's it's sort of like you know I know a lot of people that are recording engineers and they you know unless they have a niche of some kind they you know it usually takes a while to like, get established because there's just less work for recording engineers because people are recording on their own there's less need for like Seshbro musicians, or just people like, hey, going on a tour. We need to, you know, we need some people to, to be in this band. Let's see your chops, like that. You just don't see that as much anymore. It does happen, but I would say it happens with it was somewhat more uh, rare than it ever was back then. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I, you know, there, I think there are a lot of reasons for that. I mean, um, you know, any number of reasons, and and one of you know one of the goals with playing Rockstar is, Is to, to really try to celebrate, um, band culture and musician culture and, and, you know, give, give people a look at, you know, what really goes into it, the, you know, the labor of love, the hard work, uh, that it takes to, to do it, to be successful. I think another thing that people think about, um, musicians is that, you know, it, it, it all ought to be, you know, kind of just, for the love of it, and that sort of thing, and that you know, being you know, that there's almost something sort of vulgar about wanting to, uh you know, to be able to uh, make money off it, and, and that kind of thing. I remember a few years ago, uh New Year's Eve, I was DJing actually, and I was go- going home on the subway at like four in the morning, and I was listening to a conversation between a saxophone player and 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 someone, a, a woman he was talking to, and she was saying, you know, you should just do it because you love it, and he was. He's like, well, he was trying to explain to her, um, you know, what, it, trying to make money at it, and how much, you know, he ought to have been paid for the gig on New Year's Eve and that kind of thing. And she was saying, well, you know, that shouldn't, you know, you should look at it like this. And um, you know, I, I think when you're a musician, you know, it, it's you, you run into a certain amount of that. You know, uh, you know, people. It's not, it's not a bad thing to love it, but also hope to maybe have it be something that you know can sort of support itself
1: right like i mean for speaking personally it's kind of i've been in a position a few times where it's it's been sustainable like you know it it pays for itself and you get to have the adventure of doing it and like the love of this very special thing you you get to do with, with these people that are a unique part of your life and you know much more than friends yeah uh, and it doesn't cost you anything it pays for itself which is fantastic and and for me you know that's obviously hey it would be great if this was bringing in millions of dollars that would be lovely but you know <laughs> the fact that there's not money going out the door is also nice as well and that's it it that, that's kind of gotten to the point where like oh yeah that's like the new Hey, so and so just got like a huge record deal with a huge advance kind of thing. It's like, hey, they broke even. Hey, that's awesome. Like that's kind yeah. of where that is now cuz there's so much more of everything. There's more great stuff, there's more terrible stuff, and there's a whole lot more that's just in the middle.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, the, all that that stuff, you know, that the, the financial side of it. I mean, that's just one aspect of it. Of course, I mean you know, I wouldn't want the show to be kind of, you know, to be bogged down with that stuff. But, but definitely also, if you know, if I'm thinking of it as as a way to champion, you know, musicians and band and such, it's definitely something that I want to have some level of focus on, so you know, people can you know, try, you know, maybe get a oh, uh, find you know, find some appreciation of uh, you know the 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 plight uh, from that angle too. Uh, whilst just still making the whole thing fun and making it about rock and roll and really, you know, and really showing the, you know, the, uh, you know, what, what's great about it and, and what's great about each individual band or interesting about each individual band or weird about each individual band
1: right right awkward and that's something that you're not necessarily even going to know as, as a fan or even like a friend necessarily you're, you're not going to know what it's like you know in the room when you're playing like how they how everyone interacts with each other how they play off of each other and it's interesting to me you being interjected into that role into these relationships that like have been around for years and they have the you know everyone kind of reacts to each other in different ways and you're this foreign entity that is i mean it's i guess what i'm saying is i really enjoyed seeing you be awkward and being put in those situations like it makes for good Uh good viewing like it makes for a good show but at the at the same time you know there's a couple times where it's like oh man that's got to be like the weirdest place to be in that conversation right now
2: (laughs) yeah well you know i mean it's true that that the wild card, uh, you know, in every episode will always be me, and it's it's certainly true that the you know the show will be you know it won't be pure in the sense of seeing the band exactly as as they are because there's this other element of of bringing someone into it, um, and and that's you know that that's that's an aspect of it, but I you know I think that reality TV sort of culture these days it, you know it's just something people are so used to you know practically everything and it's about time that it finds its way into rock and roll and hopefully in uh, in a positive way you know in, in a way that right. celebrates it like, you
1: know, I, I mean yeah like like your show you know fancy and self like you know in Anthony Bourdain style uh, week by week experience rather than say like the Kardashians of of rock bands or something where it's totally just artifice and famous for being famous kind of nonsense. No, I I think that's a a great distinction. I think there's, there's a, there's a place for it for sure.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm finding, finding that out. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's up online now. It's on YouTube and it has, you know, we're closing in on a thousand views after, uh, just around a month and that's pretty cool and you know it, at the moment i'm trying to you know just trying to see where it's going to go next um there are some irons in the fire as far as you know possible uh, homes for it uh and but it also there's also the possibility you know originally the first episode was helped along by a kickstarter campaign and that's definitely a possibility for episode two
1: right and that, and that is something that I wanted to talk with you. Obviously, crowdfunding being you know a lot of times a very controversial topic. Have you found that to be – I mean, obviously, you did raise some funds. I think that was last year, if I remember correctly, right? That was a
2: – It was a couple of years ago. Um, was it? Yeah, this, oh, sorry. Show is, it's all right.
1: It no, all runs the together, is, brother.
2: <laughs> no, the show, the show takes uh, – it took a little while to get, you know, uh, for the pilot to – to get completed. Um, but it, it, uh, you know, it it worked out and and I'm so proud of the way the pilot looks. And if anyone wants to check it out, you know, they they just go go check out, find me on Twitter at playing rockstar. That's the, and you know, the, 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 the pilot itself is, is pinned as the top tweet. So that's, that's the best way to look for it, uh, right there. And yeah, I mean, as far as crowdfunding, um, Yeah, and that that sort of thing can feel a little awkward uh, because you're kind of asking for something. And I've never been super great at uh, saying, you know, hey folks, you know, hey, someone, would you, (laughs) you know, would would you pull some money out of your pocket for this thing? But I think that you know, one has to kind of try to remember that you know you are providing uh, you know a product, and some and the feedback has been so good. I mean, so many people have been. you know, have been so supportive of it, so interested in it, and lots of lots of my friends. But then also lots of people I don't know. And that, you know, that that's a really nice kind of uh, you know bellwether, I think, for it to to hear a lot of positive feedback about the pilot from folks who don't have a reason to. You know, they they don't they if 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 they didn't say anything, I would never know. You know,
1: yeah, so, and, that's great, and, and I think it's. Well, it's it's kind of a little difficult to wrap your head around at first because I think there's more to it than just the the initial hit of like oh it's here's this thing like I I think it is gonna almost need a like a listicle type. <laughs> click clickhole sort of link of, of just the you won't believe when this guy blah de blah 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 you know like one of those just i and i i can't stand them i can't stand them joel i, I hate i hate yeah. those the other core of my being i think they're the ruination of journalism <laughs> i think they are degrading culture and i think it makes everyone stupider that's it you probably need one
2: yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when and then when this drummer, when this drummer joined the band, see what happens so next. You'll
1: never believe what happens next. Well, <laughs> he plays the fucking song. That's what happens next and it it works out great. It's fine. It's I mean, nothing exploded yeah. like, you know, it was, sorry to ruin the episode, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, there were conversations, believe me, there were conversations um, during the, the the whole production of the, of the show about <laughs> how to do it um, with with as little of that sort of cheesiness, you know, keeping that aspect, uh, out of it. But, and I think we, it really worked, you know, finally the, the, the pilot as it's put together, I think it has a very nice level of suspense about, uh, whether or not it'll work out with the band, uh, you know, some moments of, of seeing, you know, where it seems to kind of teeter and I, you know, I won't give away the ending for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Um, but but that's that's an important aspect. But at the same time, I didn't want it, I didn't want to go overboard with with just just you know, like you're saying that that kind of fake tension of like, can he handle it? That sort of thing. Yeah,
1: because it's also like, well, you've you know, it, it's not like you're never played drums before. Like you you know you know the instrument. Like you you put in you know you have woodshedded as much as you can for the song. Like yeah, and it's interesting that I don't know. There's almost this casualty vampire mindset that happens with the internet sometimes where everyone's like, I can't wait to see if this person fails, you know? And it's like, well, it doesn't have to just be that. Like you can, you can kind of get something more out of it in another way. And that's why I think, I mean, I think it's, I think your show is nuanced like that. And I think the only thing you have going against you is it's really hard to sum up in like 140 characters is what it comes down to. <laughs> And if that's your worst problem, yeah. hey, you know what? That's you're doing okay, all right.
2: Twitter is a bear, man. I gotta <laughs> tell you, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not in love with Twitter.
1: I mean, as I believe I told you personally, I never underst I never really got it until I quit Facebook, and I kind of was like, all right, well, I guess either this or just go start writing my manifesto or something. And uh, <laughs> then I, I finally figured it out, and it's, it's different, yeah. I guess that's why I'm here I'm, to tell you: is Twitter is different from Facebook. You're welcome. I, I, I'm sort of sad
2: that nope, we don't get to read your manifesto, though. That, that sounds. I,
1: I I pretty much put it out in pieces every every week on this show. So I think if you like, just if you listen to it enough, you could probably piece it together. We'll, we'll we'll have that be like a special. It'll just be all me and my insane rantings. Exactly. No one will listen. It'll be wonderful.
2: Somebody should take a bunch of recordings of your shows and just. Cut together the you know uh, refer to it as a manifesto of <laughs> two hours of just you know ridiculously uh, cut together nonsensical uh, non sequiturs you
1: know. Well, I, I mean, hey, that, that could bring bring a listener or two. Oh, like in this case, it must be like an Art Bell idiot or something. Oh, well, you know, something something like that. Yeah, whatever gets people in the door, right? You still you still get their get their money or you know, downloads. In this case, maybe.
2: That's right. hey, you know, I want to ask you something, by the way, and I'm going to put this – I'm going to ask you a question, and I want to see then if, if you if you know where it's coming from. Conan, what is good in life?
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would ha- – I'll have you know that uh, for the f- – Oh, God, I would say the first... When did did Conan O'Brien become popular? I guess I was like 91, somewhere around there is when when he kind of came to to light. Until he became a TV show host, I never had a single person pronounce my name right the first time. Because it is pronounced Conan, like Conan O'Brien. But, of course, I also... I always, always, always got Conan the Barbarian. And... I will add that my middle name is Mackenzie, and I grew up in the era of Spuds Mackenzie, So <laughs> it was a twofer, if you will. Uh, so, it, so some might say uh, of the many chips I have on my shoulder, a lot of them have to do with constantly having to correct people for my name pretty much since preschool. And, yeah, and that always would be my answer. I like, oh, I bet that's the first time you ever heard that one before. Ha, ha, ha. I was like, yep. <laughs> you got it. That was you. But you're not going to. You're not going to answer the question, then? I, I will not. You know exactly what the answer is. <laughs> Throw you right I off the show.
2: <laughs> I was, as I was thinking of it, I was like, oh, man, if I could get him to say to crush your enemy.
1: <laughs> I, although I do love I, I do love that. Don't get me wrong, but no. There, I, I, I will tell you, Joel, exactly how much of a, of a 2 by 4 We won't even call it a chip. It's a 2 by 4 that was on my shoulder about it. I wouldn't even watch the movie until I was 23 seriously and it's a great movie that first movie is, is is great it's fine it's it's fantastic but i just i i had that much of a problem with it that i, I was just like, I, yeah it's bummed me out man
2: i hear you i hear you. well with the last name frost i got a lot of jack frost when when i was a kid which seems kind of innocuous now but when i was a kid just i didn't like it and it was especially complicated because i had an uncle Whose
1: name was Jack Frost? Oh no, kidding! Well, he must have really gotten That's it fun. then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so having little Indeed. to do with with, uh, with Jack Frost or otherwise, uh, this so, so we've established that you need to have uh, you know like one of one, one of these listicle sites get get on you and and, and, and like. Maybe rip off some of your content and uh, do some link baity stuff, and and that'll that, that'll move you on to the next thing. But are you making other episodes? Do You have plans for other episodes uh, other than the one that's it's, out there.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of you know that's that's sort of one B to the one you know one right now is trying to push the uh, the pilot and and get it in front of as many eyes as possible. Sure, and sure. you know and f- see if there's a a path through the pilot itself. To finding a home for it, so that you know when it when it comes time to make an episode two, which you know of course I would love to start as soon as possible, um, you know perhaps there there would be a budget, um, but yeah if you know even if I have to do it myself again. Time. Not myself. I mean, also I should mention that there's a production company that that you know that really put the, the show together, and they are called Media Boss TV. And All if right. anyone uh, is looking for a production company, they're fantastic. Just you know, t- tweet at me if you want more information about them, or look them up on Facebook or wherever. Media Boss Television, uh, they're they're excellent. And and so yeah, I mean. I don't know. The The short, short answer is kind of no. I don't have a schedule yet for an episode two, but it's going to happen for sure one way or another. And there are some bands that are possibilities. I just don't want to get too far out there uh, ahead of myself as far as who that might be and when it might happen, but it will right.
1: happen. Right, for sure, sure. And <laughs> it's, I mean, it, the nice thing about the sort of framework of the show is that you can kind of apply it to a lot of different situations in a lot of different types of bands uh, that would you know just by nature of this band being very very different you know you know it's you're gonna be in a wildly different situation like maybe because uh, and i'm gosh I, my memory is a, a sieve apparently but it, it, our electric six even they're a new york band right they're they're from they're from around there
2: detroit actually detroit um, okay De- detroit but the singer uh dick valentine does live in brooklyn and has i think for maybe 10 years
1: Gotcha. So, yeah, it, it's interesting to think about, and also, it, you know, it is notable that, uh, and I'll get back to this in a second, that the song that you play is like the the song. Like, they're kind of a, a that song band. Like, I know people that like love the Electric Six. That like they're, just, they're they're they celebrate the entire catalog. You understand? But I mean, that's like their. Hit that's their you know Mexican radio that's their you know that's that's their like big song that everyone everyone knows even if they're like oh yeah that band you know you can just sing a few bars and they'll 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 know that one and that was the song you got to play so did you get any like any pushback from that or is that something that like everyone was pretty cool with or like how did that work no, out no th- yeah no
2: they were totally cool about it right away I mean it was you know I I, I thought. You know that would be the song. Uh, you know, I, ideally, just because it, you know what you're saying, is, it is their biggest song, and and no, they they were down for it right away. I think, you know, they play it of course so often, and 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 everybody knows it. They are sort of the gay bar band in some ways, although, you know, they are so much more than that for sure. Sure, that that to have this happen, to have me sit in on that song, was actually a way to you know to kind of. You know, like Dick Valentine said, to, to mix it up. He says this during the during the pilot. He Says, you know, to mix it up uh, a little bit, and and you know, I I think with that song in particular, it might be easy to go into autopilot a little bit sometimes. I'm not saying they do that, but it, you know, it might be easy to uh, all things considered. So yeah, no, they were they're absolutely totally totally cool about that they, they, they yeah they, they weren't they weren't precious about that song or or almost anything you know they they, they didn't want me to come into the dressing room too much um, but that's fine you know i I wanted to do you know also respect their their personal space while still you know intruding as much as possible
1: right like you're still an outsider, but you're getting allowed in for this thing and it's almost better to have that sort of discomforting element. Uh, so you're not you're not too comfortable or overtly comfortable, uh, overly familiar, I suppose. In in that way, that uh, again, the secret language of of being in a band and all the you know the crazy interpersonal. I mean, even when the you know again not to give too much away from the pilot, but you could even tell like you know when you, I think I can, you go you're hanging on the outside with the the two guys and and you can tell they kind of have like a different view of like what this is. <laughs> At first, and like we're, we'll say varying levels of excitement. And it's like, oh, huh, <laughs> that's kind of funny because cause that's the first thing I thought of is that I I know people that I've, I've played music with. They're like, oh yeah, cool, that'd be fun. And people are like, what? What's gonna happen? No, no, right. <laughs> no chance. Yeah,
2: no. I, it's it's that varying levels of excitement. I think is the exact appropriate phrase for it. Um, it's a good they good were all very. But yeah, no it's they were all very cool. I mean they're they're excellent, excellent dudes. Um but you know, I think one thing is that I'm not positive that Dick Valentine told the band it was happening <laughs> before I sh- showed up. I'm not a hundred percent sure they knew. So I think that might have played into,
1: oh guys, too. I forgot to mention
2: yeah. <laughs> well, that scene there's a bit in it that you know during the show where I kind of explained to. The lead guitarist, what's going on, and you know he's fine with it. And then there's kind of a shot of him turning around uh, and and walking away. And there's a moment there where it looks like his facial expression changes a little bit, and it sort of, you know, it casts a little moment of doubt on him of you know are all these guys uh, really on board, like you're saying?
1: Right. Well, and that's you know that's like that sort of dangerous element that. I kind of leads that's the energy that i kind of like about it that it isn't just sort of like and i haven't i haven't seen a second of it and whatever i wouldn't care to but like i guess like uh what is it the the guy from Holland Oats has some show or something right
2: yes that that's another one that i'd say you know there, there's some uh level of uh you know there's some level of similarity to that show although that's a bit more you know, static kind of thing where they, you know, at Daryl's house, I think it's called inside Daryl's house, something like that. And and he has guests come into his house, his recording stu- studio, and play with with his band, and it's sort of like a collaboration uh, on on each episode. And so, uh, I've seen some of those that, that are that are you know kind of interesting, depending on who's there and and such. Um, you know, all the guys that he plays with, and you know, they're all very good at what they do for sure. Um, so yeah, there are elements uh, uh, of it to that. Um, but then again, you know, like, like I was saying that, you know, there's also this, you know, the, the, the Bourdain sort of aspect uh, of it, the sort of the cultural side of it too. And, and, you know, being out there with the band, you know, in the trenches with them, it's a whole lot different than saying, you know, come over to my house and, and play in my recording
1: studio. Yeah, the buy-in. There's a different level of buy-in, uh, I, I think. And it kind of puts the onus on you as, as the, you know, the the, the the X factor, if you will. Terrible choice of words, unfortunately. Yeah. But the, the, the different element that's being brought in, that puts you in the hot seat, in the pressure seat. And I could see as the show sort of develops and changes, that being something that like, you know, people can get a handle around that and know to expect like certain things, or like maybe there's certain parts of this that you're better at than, than you're not. Or that like, you know, there's certain things that clearly make you uncomfortable. And then the kind of way that when you're first seeing something, and everything's unfamiliar, you're just kind of like taking it all in. And then, you know, like whatever. Like be- people don't remember. So he's harkening back to Anthony Bourdain. That like there were things that like people were like, whoa, what, why is this guy doing this? Who's this? Who's this dude? Who's he think he is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> really early on, before you get to know the the voice and the foibles and the mannerisms of the person involved. And I mean, for speaking as that for the and for that Hall and Oates show, is it Hall or Oates? It's Hall, right? No, it's Oates. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just Hall. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever, dude. But they. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel there's any danger to that at all. Like I don't feel like yeah. having a, having a rich like rock and roll person invite other rich rock and roll people to his house to jam isn't dangerous. There's nothing dangerous about that to me. And it doesn't really hold much interest to me. Now that said, if, yeah, if- you know if Josh Homme had like the desert sessions as a show, I'd watch the hell out of it. Cause I, you know, I'm more interested in the music, but you know, I, still I think it's more interesting when it's coming from a different place. and And I think it's, kind of notable that you know, you're very honest and upfront with in the show that, you know, this is something, you know, these these bands that you're gonna be playing with are like they tend to be bands that have a different layer of success. They're they're kick they're operating on a different level. They're working musicians. They uh, they play to throngs of crowds that all the time. And that's something that you get like a window into that world. And I think that has a little more of a hook to it than Hey, come over to my house and uh, you know whatever we'll play Doobie Brothers covers. Well, f- fucking awesome. Who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that. I mean, I feel the same way too. I, you know, definitely that, and that's the thing—the the audacity of it, the sort of inherent audacity of, of, of doing it like this. And you know, and there, there certainly is some suspense. And, and you know, as I do more of them, um, you know, I, there there is going to be. You know, there is going to be suspense in each uh, in each episode. Like we were saying before, you know, it's not something I necessarily w- w- would want the show to play up about canny or canty. However, um, there's going to be some of that. I mean, I'm, you know, I, it's just, it's hard to sort of put, you know explain this or, or say it without sounding either I don't know self-deprecating or or cocky. You know, I'm a good drummer, but I'm not the greatest drummer in the history of the world. You know, like I know what I'm doing, but certainly I am capable of making mistakes, <laughs>
1: you know? Right, right. So,
2: so, and it, uh, there are so many things to do with style and, and you know, I mean, things like, you know, I don't play double kick, for example. And so, you know, I foresee a future episode playing uh, with, a, with a group, w- with a band where they, you know, I'd have to learn, I'd have to figure out, I'd have to teach myself to do double kick for the purpose of, of the song. I've been playing drums for, for 25 years, years, and it's just, you know, it was a choice. I, I, I remember when I was younger, I was like, should I get this double kick pedal, or should I just concentrate on making my right foot as fast and versatile as I can? And I just, you know, part, part of it was that I really didn't have the money for a double kick pedal, and I just did that. And so, you know, that because of that, you know, it, it doesn't mean that it's lesser, you know, I think you'd agree, but it's a different style. And, and some bands, some songs might require it, uh, a thing like that. So, you know that's definitely a, a possibility as far as uh, you know some potential suspense uh, in in that kind of situation. And there are there are, you know that's just one example. There are certainly other possibilities uh, because as I I you know as I said I'm I'm far from an infallible musician.
1: Well, yeah, and I think this show would be a lot less interesting if it was someone like Josh Freese, like or like a you know someone that's like a professional. Seshbro type that can play right. any style like flawlessly like a chameleon like that's not as interesting and and, and i don't know it, it, it's something where i'm not sure if i've seen that like and you've talked you know you talked earlier about how there being like sort of like a, a void of a certain type of reality television having to do with music and, and i completely agree there's just not a lot Really, having anything to do with the music part of it, because people don't seem to understand it. And I think it's one of those things that it—it it, 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 all it takes is one, you know, the right person to like notice or or do something, and then you know, hey, next thing you know, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're playing drums with Dave Grohl or something. You know, like who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it can go. Yeah. You this show could go on for like thirty seasons, and it would be fine. Like you wouldn't run out of like. Hey, it's a, you're now you're playing with. I'm trying to think of a ska band and i or a, like a big like one of the. what were those? Remember when there was that that era of like the uh, the big band was coming back, like the the um like the cherry pop and daddies and such. Like yeah,
2: that? squirrel nut zippers. Squirrel
1: nut zippers. That's what I was trying to think of. God damn! Why couldn't I think of that name? Ugh. It's a terrible name too. But you know, like and that would be fascinating to me because even if i'm not like a fan of their music i'd be like wow like how is how's can try to fit into this band of nicks you know
2: yeah and and you know styles for sure and also you know also you know as we were saying i mean l- levels to you know i mean even if i get this show to a point you know if i get it on some network if if that can happen at some point some network and it and it continues to go where i have possibly, you know, the the capability to have, you know, big famous bands on, on you know, every episode, I'd still for sure want to do, um, you know, smaller bands, indie bands, you know, bands, you know, that, that weren't already known and, and celebrated, because that's part of the story. And that's, you know, that's part of the, the challenge, that would be part of the challenge of it. And I wouldn't want to you know i wouldn't want the show to become you know whatever so corporate so that you know it it ignored uh you know that that level or whatever of uh of band
1: yeah and i think that's you know it's good that you're thinking of that also because i think unfortunately when these types of shows kind of come to light they tend to come from a place that is is just content first and then mission statement second or third or last <laughs> it just kind of morphs into like whatever thing it is, and like, oh, yeah, that thing. Keep doing that thing. That's the thing. So it's, it's good that you're thinking about it. By the way, also in the chat box, uh, Daryl Hall, uh, letting you know that he uh, you're welcome in Daryl's house anytime. So just <laughs> be aware.
2: That's that's great. <laughs> I, 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 I'll do that for an episode. I was going to say, before. apparently
1: you've got your second episode already worked out, and it's just in the radio chat right. box.
2: <laughs> but only if Oates shows up, or Ooh. if I get... If I can dress up as Oates, if I can wear a wig and a mustache number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's, saying, he's saying no deal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it was good yeah. while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> so close, yet so far. So, with, with this show, and, I mean, I, I like that you just – Put the whole damn thing out like look here it is like it, it, it's on you don't have to pay anything to watch it you, you can just check it out uh i mean the idea obviously is you it would be nice to have it be on like you know like a, even like a netflix or, or something along those like hulu or whatever the other streaming services are uh you know what what are your what are your thoughts for content distribution in this crazy modern era of ours like what what do you feel is, is fair for a show like yours
2: I mean, you know, really, it just comes back to, you know, budget. I mean, you know, I haven't gotten so I haven't gotten far enough into thinking of, uh, about it beyond the point of just I want to find a home for it that, you know, has a little something to invest in it so that we can make them so that we can keep making them, you know, and ideally at least pay my rent. Um on top of that, I mean, and that's just the same thing that you know, as you know, and kind we were saying before too, that any musician would say about um, you know about how they would like for uh, for their careers too. I mean, that's kind of the cliche of the working musician who's like, you know, as long as uh, you know, if I can just do this and and it pays for itself and maybe maybe pay my rent. Of course, everyone wants to you know would, would like more uh, than that. Um, probably most people would, unless you're. I don't know, Fugazi or something, but, but, you know, finding a home for it wherever it is, you know, and and, and some, some level of support for it, you know, that, that's, that's where I want to be. So anyone who is, who represents Netflix um, and wants to get in touch again, just uh, tweet at me. Oh,
1: they all listen. Don't worry. (laughs) They're all listening right now. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, that's actually—it's funny you say that because you're, you're echoing, as I'm sure you're aware, a a, a, a that—that's who, who said. I think was it Dave Harrison uh, in the episode itself, because live from the barrage. Oh yeah, which we haven't even got into.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. a flag flagship the, the, show the, of the station. Yes, our good friends yeah, from uh, the, Queens.
2: The, that's right. It, there are sections where I'm on. Life in the Barrage, uh, in the actual pilot itself, and they bookend uh, the kind of action of the show.
1: Yeah, the, it, it, it like, kind of starts one place and then sort of ends another, and I, I thought that was fascinating, and the only thing that, of course, I wish is that, the, you know, there was some signage uh, <laughs> around that rod for the station, but that's me. Uh, and, and it was, so that kind of, I guess that sort of a, is a segue towards you know the, the the ongoing relationship with with the barrage boys because you you were on a couple times uh, and yeah. different play because it has been a long time for this. Like when did you start this this project? It was like years back, right?
2: Well, it was a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, about three three and a half years. Um, and yeah, that first the first uh, time I was on with the barrage guys, I think at that point I hadn't yet played with. Electric Six. I mean, you know, there, it, it started with just kind of thinking of it and then putting it, you know, getting Electric Six on board and then finding the production company, you know, getting, arranging to, to record, you know, to do the show. I mean, you know, film the show and play with the band and, and coordinate all that stuff. Uh, fortunately, Media Boss Television took care a lot of, took care of a lot of that coordination themselves. And then just, you know, kind of, you know there was a road in there for a couple of years of finding the right edit for the pilot and uh and we did
1: right, and that's almost like that weird middle ground in music where you've made the record you know the record's recorded, it's being mixed, and it's mastered, and you're just kind of waiting around you're wait you're waiting around for it to come out, and it's like, all right, well, there's this thing, and I'm aware of it, and I'd like other people to be aware of it too, and eventually that might actually happen. It's a very very awkward place to be. That then when it comes out, like, hey, there's this new thing. It's like, yeah, that was a year and a half ago. But I'm so glad you've heard it now. It's great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well. Yep. And and it's you know I I would say you know as far as uh, further episodes, it won't take three years to get episode two out from from the time we start. (laughs) I was going to say you you'd be working
1: on 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 like the my bloody Valentine uh, schedule of putting out (laughs) shows. If it was. (laughs)
2: Yep, I'm trying to think of another uh, any number of bands that, you know, that take forever <laughs> to in between records. But right. my buddy Valentine is a, is an
1: excellent example. That's a great go to. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if people want to find out more, uh, you can go to Twitter, it's plain rockstar at, at plain rockstar. I know you've got a you've got a Facebook page as well. We'll uh, we'll drop those <laughs> links in for the uh, for the listening audience. Uh, anywhere else that people cool. should be going? I mean they spread spread around the link. That's it, a, that's a thing uh,
2: Yeah, Twitter's great at Playing Rockstar, Facebook dot com slash playing rockstar. And I've said uh you know before, you know, if anyone is that you know, really wants, you know, feel free to friend me on Facebook. You know, I, I I talk about the show a fair amount. And the thing about Facebook is that sometimes page uh things don't come up come up in news feeds with the regularity that that one would hope. Um so Twitter for that is a is, is a really good way. But if if a person wants to friend me on Facebook, uh, you know, because they feel inspired to because of the show or whatever uh that's fine and anyway that's that would be com slash
1: gotcha well all right i I really appreciate you having you on the show i know we we went back and <laughs> back and forth for a while it's usually a little more cut and dry than that so i appreciate you taking the time to do it i think it's a, i think it's a fabulous idea and a fabulous project and you know I'm, I'm way on board with it there isn't a lot that kind of hits that same area so i'm 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 hoping that you know i get to see episode two and so on and you know hopefully we'll have you have you on for episode 200 too how about that
2: thanks conan That's <laughs> that's great to hear i really appreciate um you having me on and it, it, it's nice to hear that, that you dig it and uh you know i hope uh i hope everyone digs it um Everyone else digs it too, and and uh, and we didn't even we didn't even get to the politics.
1: Colin. We didn't even get to that part. Oh, I'm so sorry. We we got to go, Joel. We're out of time. Is that the second hour of this interview where we talk about yeah, delegates? That that that's for subscribers only. That's that's the the where we start talking about that stuff. And there's no subscribers. Pro tip. Uh, Joel, thanks for being on the show, man. Appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Thank you very much, Conan. I'll talk to you soon. All right, later, dude. Later. All right, there he is. Joel Frost. This is the Butcherettes. Stab my back. Radio, nope. Protonic reversal. Baby, in the none of the above slots. Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Okay, that was a world premiere from the Rutabaga. That is the Unreliable Narrator. Brand new. That's a brand new Comedy Minus One. This is a Radio Nope world premiere. Recording. Nosy Neighbors is the name of that song. Uh, sorry, the record is called Unreliable Narrator. Get that at thesenattylines.bandcamp.com Before that was, of course, with Little Butcherettes with Stab My Back. Guess what? That's the end of the show. That is the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening, people. Is this thing on? So great to have Joel Frost on. The show's awesome. Check it out. We'll, uh, we'll post all the links up when we get the podcast going. You know? It's worth it. Check it out. You won't regret it. Name of the show is Protonic Reversal. Is this thing on? This show happens usually every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. This time it's Monday. We like to throw off our enemies. What can I say? Can you hear me now? RadioNeutron.com for the archives. Only on Radio Nope.
0: As we come to the close of our broadcast day.
1: Got some great stuff coming up. This
0: is my farewell transmission.
1: Brenda's back in studio on Thursday and we have uh, Bob Ham from the Melvins documentary, the Colossus of Destiny. It's gonna be an incredible
0: time. Mr. and Mrs. Don't America. miss it. And all the ships at sea. Let's see,
1: anything else? I think that's about it. Check out the link for uh, playing Rockstar. On YouTube.
0: 50,000 watts of
1: power. Use your internets.
0: I want to ionize the air.
1: Thanks to uh, Elliot, Rob, and Kyle. But let me uh, pinch it for their slot. Stay tuned for much more none of the above.
0: Microphone Here on Radio note. And more protonic reversal. Can you hear me now?
1: And of course, the best music it's on the best station. On
0: Route 128, the dark and
1: lonely.
0: 24/7, 365. I got my radio on. Catch you later. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? goes out to a special girl but There is no special girl It's the, it's the end the radio the last announcer plays the last record The last what leaves the transmitter Can you hear?